Good morning, church. Praise the Lord. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number 4, and I'll be reading from 16 through 21. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. Um, suffice to say that most, uh, if not all of us, uh, whether, you, whether you view this as the new year or, or that we're still in 2013, whichever side of the coin you uh, look at this moment, but we can all attest that we have endured a season of almost relentless pressure, sort of coming at us from all sorts of directions. And sometimes it feels like if it's just not one thing, it's another thing. And just when you think you've adjusted to this one over here, there comes something else at you from over there. And, 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 uh, and really, sometimes it feels like it has tested every dimension of our life in faith. I don't know how it is for you, but even for, for me, I tell you, I don't think, I, I, it's like you, you've exercised every spiritual discipline you know in the season. <laughs> and, uh, um, but that being said, that being acknowledged, I also believe that all of us sitting here have also enjoyed the testimony of Paul. When he said, we are hard-pressed on every side. Aren't you excited? He doesn't sugarcoat it. He said, he said it's, I, I, I acknowledge it. <laughs> he said, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. <laughs> Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroy that somehow, even in the pressure, even through the perplexity, perplexity of it all, we still have enjoyed the faithfulness of God that has, that has been keeping us through the fire, that has been keeping us through the storm. Because sometimes following him is not a guarantee that you won't go through a storm, but it is a guarantee that you won't go through that storm alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Sometimes following him is not a guarantee that you won't go through the fire, but it is a guarantee that there will be a fourth man in the fire with you. 
And because he has stayed, because of his faithfulness, we were not consumed. That even though that sometimes it felt like the boat was filling up with water, somehow the boat did not sink. Because of his faithfulness. Can we just, just take 15 seconds and praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for his faithfulness. I tell people all the time, I don't know how in the world people go day to day without him. I would have lost my mind. It is only because of his faithfulness. Because, as Paul said, even though we, we, we were perplexed, we, we, we were persecuted, we were not forsaken. I know I can go to bed even through it all because I know he won't forsake me. Amen? And so, uh, several weeks ago, um, probably when we first began our in-person service, I talked about how the events that we were sort of witnessing and experiencing in the world in this season... It seems to confirm a lot the testimony that Jesus explained to us in Matthew chapter 24 concerning the events that would mark the season of his return. And Jesus likened the events as a woman's labor pains. And I, and, and I stand by those, assess, those assessments. I, I believe that's the season that we are in. But also like a woman's labor pains, I, I, I don't know how, how many of you are parents here of witness delivery. Okay, I witnessed delivery, believe it or not, in between the con contractions, there is a merciful pulse in which the woman sort of can rest and once again refresh her strength and regain her poise. And that's what I sense is coming for us. That we may be in the labor pains, we may be in the contractions, but I, I feel like we're coming to a moment of merciful pause. That maybe it's not an end, but it is a moment of restoration and rest for us to begin to poise, our, poise ourselves and regain our footing and regain our strength. And this is what Jesus is sort of offering in Luke chapter 4. In what some regard as Jesus' inaugural message of his earthly ministry. Jesus himself is actually coming out of his own trying wilderness time. Because... The Bible says that he, like us, has been tempted and tested in every way. He, he knows what it is to experience everything that you experience. And so he's coming out of his own wilderness season where he himself was tempted by the enemy. And sort of fresh from that wilderness, Jesus announces the acceptable or the favorable, favorable year of the Lord or what is commonly known as the year of Jubilee. Jubilee was ordained by God to take place every 49th or 50th years. There's some debate upon which is, you know, most of us, we see it as 50. If you take the numbers exactly, it's 49. And it, but regardless, Jubilee, on Jubilee, all debts, debts were canceled. Slaves were set free. Prisoners were released. And all through who desperation, desperation might have sold their allotted inheritance, were allowed to return and reclaim the land that was deeded to them. It was an incredible moment. It was a year of liberty, of restoration and rest for both the land and the people. And Jubilee, or in the Hebrew it is Yobel, which means trumpet blast. Because liberty was declared and enacted through the blast of trumpets. And when the Jubilee trumpets sounded, wherever the trumpet was heard, the chains of bondages were broken. 
those who had slaves were required to and demanded to let those slaves go and restore their inheritance. You see, jubilee means that I can never truly lose what God has appointed for me. It, it, it means that Jubilee means that I can only be down but for such an amount of time. That I can only be held back for so long because I know my jubilee is coming. Hallelujah. Because I want to testify to you that I hear the trumpet sounding. I hear the trumpet sounding. I hear the sound of restoration. I hear our jubilee coming. Isn't that amazing that they could hear it coming? When they heard those trumpets, they knew that it wasn't just noise. It was restoration. It was redemption. It was, it was breakthrough. It was bondages being broken. It was debts coming off. And I hear our jubilee coming. You may be hard-pressed and it feels like you're in a wilderness, but I hear the sound of a jubilee coming for us. I dare you to open up your ears and open up your hearts and let the sound in. And it, open up your faith and let the sound in because I hear a jubilee coming. Come on, say it like you have faith in you, in your hearing, and tell them, I hear my jubilee coming. I have four elements of jubilee I want to bring to your attention, and we're going to be done. I might have a fifth one if, 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 you, if, if you're so inclined. If not, I'll keep it at four. We'll see what happens. Jubilee declared. On jubilee, there were appointed heralds who were tasked to declare liberty throughout the land so that no one could say I didn't know that that those who held slaves saying I, I I didn't see the date so they were appointed heralds to go and declare throughout the land that Jubilee was here and the declaration brought liberty in other words it was more than Jubilee's date that brought freedom but rather it was the declaration that set you free and it was, it was uh, through the declaration that you received liberty. This is why the crowd stirred when Jesus stood up. And, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's appointed me to declare. Because everyone realized the significance of what Jesus was saying. Everybody understood the law of Jubilee, that there was something that fought, that there was restoration and liberty and freedom that followed the declaration. So the Bible says when he began to say these words, their ears pricked and they stood on edge and all eyes and focus was upon him because they understood the significance of what he was saying, that, that the declaration was not just words. Jubilee was not just words. There was something that followed that declaration. There was an authority and power behind that declaration and he stood up and he said the spirit of the Lord has appointed me to declare. Jesus said I have something to declare to the poor. I have something to declare to the captives. I have something to declare to the oppressed. I have something to declare to the broken. I have something to declare to the blind and the sick. I have something to declare to those who have been sitting in darkness. Your jubilee has come. So let him who has an ear hear. Because if you have an ear to hear, the chains will break. If you have an ear to hear, your yoke will be broken. If you have ears to hear, the sick will be healed. If you have ears to hear, you will be restored. 
just, just, just for a moment, just lay your hands upon your ears and pray that God would give you a hearing ear in this season. This, this, lay your hands upon your ear and this Lord said, Lord, open up my ears to hear your voice. Open up my appetite. Go on, put your hands upon your ears. Lay hands upon your ears and say, Lord, open up these ears to hear your voice. Open up my appetite to hear your word and hear your voice. Open up the ground of our hearts to receive your word, my God. May this, my God, may this heart be good ground, my God. My God, may it be receptive ground, Lord. May the stones come up, my God, and may the, un, may the hardened ground be plowed up, my God. May our ground, may the ground of our hearts be prepared for your word, Lord. For if, you're, if you have ears to hear, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Tell the devil, say, I know the truth now. I know the truth now. You, you, you try to hide it from me. You, you try to conceal it from me. But I've heard the declaration of Jubilee. And I'll, now I invoke my liberty. Give me back my mind. Give me back my peace. Give me back my joy. I invoke my liberty. Give me back my marriage. Give me back my finances. Give me back my peace. I know, my, I know the authority of Jubilee and I invoke my liberty. See, sometimes you, you have to invoke your liberty. That's what Moses did. God, God said, God, God told Moses, he said, I'm coming to let go, let, set my people free. But Moses had to go to Pharaoh and invoke the liberty that God had given to him. And that's what you have to do sometimes with life. That's what you have to do sometimes with the devil. You have to go and invoke the liberty that you have in God. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears that they hear. The greatest blessing and the greatest asset you can have in this season is a hearing ear and a receptive heart. Many of us in the season have gone through some hard things, but I wanted, I, wanted, I, I wanted to admonish you that you don't allow hard times to harden the ground of your heart. That you don't allow hard things to harden you from receiving and hearing his word. That sometimes you have to deliberately keep an innocent heart. A, 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 an open heart. That, because Jesus said these things, jubilee, is fulfilled in your hearing. So, and so sometimes you, 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 you've, got to, you've got to keep your heart open. You have to keep your heart soft. Because you know how we get sometimes when we keep going through stuff, you, you, you try to harden it to protect yourself. But don't worry. Don't protect yourself. Let God protect you. You don't know what to protect yourself from or what to open yourself up from. You have to allow God to be your shield. The Lord said, I am your shield and very great reward. In other words, you don't have to protect yourself. I'm your protector. I'm your shield. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Sometimes we guard ourselves from things we need to be open to. And we open ourselves to things we need to be guarded from. You don't know how to protect yourself. You need to allow God to protect you. You keep a soft heart. You give a heart of flesh. You allow him to protect you and keep a soft heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Number two, Jubilee the person. You know, owing to the exile in the subsequent Roman occupation, Jubilee had not been observed for generations. So when Jesus declared Jubilee, there was no established calendar date to justify his declaration. 
In other words, they didn't know where the 50th year was. It, had to be, it was generations that where they have not observed Jubilee. But the date did not matter. Because what Jesus was saying through his declaration is that Jubilee was but a shadow of which he was the fulfillment. That in Jubilee was no longer a date on the calendar, but rather Jesus said, I am the Jubilee. The date is not the Jubilee. That was just a shadow. That was just a warm-up of which I am the fulfillment. I am the Jubilee. So you don't have to wait for 50 years for Jubilee to come because Christ is our Jubilee. Whom the Son, not whom the date sets free, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So Jesus said, my voice is like the, the, the ram's horn that sounded on Jubilee. And so when you need a Jubilee, you don't have to wait on the date. All you need to do is to hear my voice because I am your Jubilee. Hallelujah. And you see, Christ, our Jubilee, did for us what the calendar of Jubilee could not do. And this brings me up to number, uh, number three, which is the liberty of Jubilee. Jubilee, the calendar date, could only set their stuff free. But Christ, our Jubilee, goes further and sets free our mind, sets free our heart, sets free our soul. Christ, our Jubilee, sets us free from the yoke of sin and the chains of fear, guilt, and shame. He sets us free from the bondage of regret and despair. See, and see, this is where... This is where they missed it because when, when they heard Jesus talking about Jubilee, all they could think of was, was, was liberation from the uh, uh, Roman oppression. But the Roman oppression was really nothing more than an outward symptom of the inward oppression of sin in man's soul. In fact, when he, set, he, he did set them free from Rome, but not in a way they thought they were going to set them free, he set he set them free from Rome by converting Rome to, very, to the very faith they oppressed. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That, that the type of jubilee that Christ was talking about was far deeper. See, that's why Paul declared we battle not against flesh and blood. But because, because even if it's mass in flesh and blood, we all know that there is an oppressor within the oppressor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That 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 for us as believers, we understand it's not necessarily about this group or that group because the groups and the abbreviations and the faces will change until we recognize and deal with the oppressor within the oppressor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us are so caught up even as believers in these earthly abbreviations, these earthly battles, but we understand that we as believers should be no better that we, are, we wage war not against flesh and blood. Our warfare, that, our warfare, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God and pulling down strongholds. And those strongholds are, are within people, but they are not people. Because we, we get caught up. We get caught up in all of these things. And sometimes we forget, we forget the spiritual truths. That we, and, and this is a reminder, our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. Amen. I understand because sometimes it wears a mask of flesh and blood, but that's what the enemy wants. He, want, he wants you to believe the mask and for you to forget the real warfare. That's, that, that I, I gave you guys something. 
Some of you are mad at so-and-so, but they're just a mask. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're just a mask. And if, until, you, until you know where the warfare is, the enemy will just keep changing masks on you. But it's the same battle. Most of us, for instance, are familiar with the account of the crippled man who is friends after not finding a way into the house. God bless these friends. May God give you friends like this. The Bible says after not finding a way into the house because of the crowd, the Bible says they went on the roof. And then they did something ridiculously bold. Not for themselves, but for their friend. And that's what we need to do in this season. We need to dig holes for people. We, 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 we need to lure people in the, do whatever it takes to lure people in the presence of Jesus. Amen? That's another message. But after not finding a way to the house where Jesus was, they lured him through the roof that he might be healed. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus looked over at the man, he looked over at the man that was crippled and said, man, your sins are forgiven. Man, your sins are forgiven. Now, understand that what Jesus replied, Jesus' reply here, on their level is probably the most anticlimactic response you could give to the situation. <laughs> because they were not concerned about the man's sins. They were concerned about the man's healing. They didn't, lower, they didn't dig a hole through the roof and lower him down before Jesus that his sins may be forgiven. They, their expectation, this was, the, this was the most anticlimactic thing that you could, could probably say. You, you, you're expecting that Jesus said, would see, it says he saw their faith. He said he saw it. And you would think the next response is like, man, get up, rise on your feet. And walk. But that's not what Jesus said. He looked at the man. He says he looked at their faith and he looked at the man and said, man, your sins are forgiven. I can imagine the friends, they're like, that's, that's nice, but that's not necessarily why we're here. And, but notice what their faith draws, draws Jesus to first. Their faith does not draw Jesus through the outward condition. Because Jesus sees the root of what is crippling the man's life, and it's not his feet. And see, sometimes the things that you think are crippling your life are not the things that are really holding you back. Sometimes the things that you're praying for God to change are not really the things that need to change. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I, I'm preaching right now to you. <laughs> you see, sometimes God will not answer you and give you what you want. Rather, he will give you what you need. Because sometimes you think you know what's holding you back. Sometimes other people think they, what they know is holding you back. But Jesus sees the thing that's really crippling you and what has you tied up. And, may, and some of you are praying for resources, and maybe resources is not the thing that's tied you up. Some of you are praying for that person to change and this person to change, but maybe that's not the thing that's tying you up. Maybe there's something within your life and within your heart and within your soul, things that you can't even see and things that you don't even recognize that's really tying you back. And see, Jesus saw me beyond the man's outward conditions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He saw beyond the man's outward conditions and he saw the thing that had been tied up. And that's what Jesus went after. And he said, man, let me, let you, let me set you free. Your sins 
are forgiving and almost completely disregarding his outward condition. In fact, Jesus, if you look at the account, you can read it at home. When you look at the account, Jesus only heals and liberates the outward condition as a way to justify and reflect the liberty he already had within. Because remember, they, 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 were, they were telling, they were like, how can you say his sins are forgiven? He says, let me prove to you what happened on the inside of him. And he healed his body to justify the breakthrough he already had. And, and I don't know what you're believing for God in this season. I don't know what you're applying your faith towards. But don't be surprised if God goes inward before he goes outward. In fact, I would suggest to you that the real miracle, the real point of liberty was not the outward, but the inward. And what happened outward was just the inward working its way outward. I want to say that what happened outward was only a reflection of what happened inward, and it was the inward working its way outward. That works in both ways. Sometimes the things that you're facing outward, it's just what's in you working outward. In fact, isn't that the point of labor? It's something inward working its way outward. That the real miracle, the real miracle, we get excited for when the baby comes up, but the real miracle didn't happen at birth. The real miracle was being developed on the inside. That a whole human being, think, have you ever thought about it? a whole human being was being formed on the inside of this person, this woman's body. That's the real miracle. The real miracle, the birth is, praise God, it is the manifestation of the miracle that was already happening on the inside. Jesus is not interested in having us outwardly free, but internally bound. Jesus is not interested in Photoshop freedom. You know, we try to, we try to Photoshop our freedom. We, we, we dress free or we, 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 we drive free or we try to buy free. All the while, it's just a Photoshop freedom because we're all bound up on the inside. But, 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 but God is not interested in giving us a Photoshop freedom. He wants us fully free. Jesus wants to give you a jubilee from the inside out. Because my, your jubilee will begin, begin in you. Because if jubilee gets in me, it's only a matter of time before it works its way out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? When you are really free, you, your, your, your freedom, the freedom that Christ gives is not dependent upon circumstance. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You can be free no matter what circumstance you have. That's the power of God's freedom. And, that, and, and I've cited this many times, and I love that because I love the story. When Paul was in prison, and the Bible says that, that he, he, uh, him and Silas were singing hymns to God, and there was an earthquake, and all the, 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 the shackles came loose, and the, the prison doors came free, uh, open. But, and and th th this is a climax, but again, here you have this anticlimactic response because... Paul refuses to leave the prison. He stays there, and when the jailer is about to kill himself, he said, don't harm yourself because we're still here. What do you mean you're still there? 
Didn't God just open the prison doors? Didn't God just release the shackles? But when you have real freedom, are you, you don't have to be out of it to be free. In fact, most of Paul's greatest epistles came from prison. Most, some of his most encouraging words to the church came while he himself was in prison. That is the power of real freedom. That's when you know you're free in your condition and, and your chains don't bind you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? In fact, I would suggest the very chains that the enemy used to restrain him in the end, God used those very chains to, to, to unleash his purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Whom the Son sets free is free. Whew. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Number four, you can't just, you can't just receive Jubilee and not give it. When Jubilee was announced, it was not only for the benefit of those who were, who were captive, but the announcement of Jubilee was an instruction to the captors. It was an instruction that they themselves had to liberate. Jubilee is not only about receiving jubilee, uh, liberty, but Jubilee demands that you give the same liberty that you expect to receive. You can't expect to receive liberty while at the same time you hold on to the debt of unforgiveness towards others. That's why Jesus, remember he gave the parable of, of, the, of the man who was forgiven of his debts, but he himself was holding on to the debt of somebody else. And Jesus said, how can you hold on to somebody else's debt when I release you of yours? It doesn't work that way. Jubilee does not work that way. Jubilee demands that you, you have to let them go. And because holding on to the debt is robbing you of your own jubilee. But if, but if, if I give it, I, I put myself in the position to receive it. Give and it shall be given back to you. This is not only talking about money. It's a spiritual principle. Are you hearing what I Give and it shall be given back to you. Pressed down, sh uh, uh, shaking together and running over. If you can give it, you position yourself to receive it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And quickly, number five is that when you, when you look at the whole principle of Jubilee, it, it looks, it mirrors the gospel. It's the shadow of the gospel. That when Jubilee came, there were heralds appointed to go declare liberty throughout the land. Isn't that what the gospel is? The good news? I've been sent to declare good news to the poor. The gospel to the poor and Jesus appointed his disciples and he said go into all the world and preach and declare that the jubilee has come. Not the date of jubilee but Christ the jubilee. And I, and, 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 and I don't, here's the thing, as much as I, I know that we need to get liberty for ourselves but don't, 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 don't allow your heart to hog up all of the liberty. You yourself have to go and spread and declare the liberty you received. Amen? 
that this year that you would be an ambassador of Christ to Jubilee and begin to declare the good news to others because sometimes all they need, uh, all other people need to know is the truth that they, there is a Jubilee coming for them. That whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of them don't know the truth. And you, it's your, it is up to you. There, you have been appointed to be a herald of Jubilee in, in, in the circle, in the world, and the people around you. Amen? That's it. Let's rise on our feet. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, first of all, we just want to acknowledge your faithfulness. Your faithfulness in our life, my God, that through all the, the craziness around us, my God, through through the storm, my God, and through the fire, my God, that you were there. You didn't leave us to our own devices. You didn't leave us to our own fears, to our own shame, to our own guilt, to our, my God, that we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you were with us. You kept us through it. gave us freedom through it. We are so thankful and grateful, my God. As Paul said, though we were hard-pressed, despite the pressure, we were not crushed. We're still standing. We're still here. Still here, able to worship you still here, able to praise your name, even if it's behind masks, we thank you that we still have breath. And your word says that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And right now, my God, according to your word and the authority of your name, I declare liberty now. I declare liberty, Jesus. I invoke the liberty of Christ on behalf of your people. And I declare liberty in their minds. I declare liberty in their hearts. I declare liberty in their homes. I declare liberty in their bodies. I declare liberty in wholeness in every broken place. I proclaim restoration, my God, right now in the name of Jesus. Restore the joy of their salvation. Restore their peace. Restore their joy, my God. Restore their joy. Restore their joy, my God. May they find the oil of joy again, my God. The joy of knowing you, the joy of worshiping you, the joy of following you, the joy of knowing you, my God. Restore to them the joy, my God. Right now, my God, may liberty break forth, Jesus. May the chains be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, right now, Father God, right now, Jesus, may every lie the enemy has tried to ensnare and bind their minds with may be broken now in the name of Jesus. 
Oh Lord, I speak the liberty of God in their families and their marriage now in the name of Jesus, my God. Father God, now in the name of Jesus. You declared when the enemy comes in like a further, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard against. Right now, my God, I declare the authority of your name right now. I declare the name of Jesus right now. I declare the authority of the name of Jesus, my God. Right now, my God. Right now, Lord God. Yes, let those who are sitting in darkness. Right now, I declare a dawn to shine, my God. Draw them out, my God. Draw them out of darkness with your love. Draw them out of the darkness with your faithfulness, Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, my God. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Father God, rekindle, rekindle, fan into flame, my God. Restore the flame in them. Restore the passion in them. My God, we thank you right now, Father God. Even this week, my God. Do your work. Do your work, my God. They don't even know where to begin to break, to pick up the pieces. My God, but I pray that you are able to restore. I thank you. You're able to restore. You're able, my God, to put the pieces back together. You're able. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you. Lead them back home. Lead them back home. Lead them back to home. Lead them back to themselves. Lead them back to you, my God. Restore them, Jesus. Restore their strength. Restore them, Jesus. Replenish them, my God. Strengthen them, my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. That's it, my God. Heal, 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 heal. Set forth, set forth your presence. Bring healing, healing, healing now. Healing now, Jesus. My God, they've been worn down, but restore them now. Pick them back up, my God. Pick them back up on their feet, my God. Lift them up now, Jesus. You are the lifter of their heads and the restorer of their souls, my God. Let it be so right now in the name of Jesus. But I, at the same time, I want you to know that it's not the date that's the significance. It's Christ that's significant. And that because of him, we can really have new beginnings. Amen. Father God, I thank you. Bless your people. Father God, may as they continue to celebrate, my God, the, the holiday season. I pray that, Father God, that you would come in the middle and make, and make it real significant and make it a, a real change, my God, in me. I commit them on to your grace now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.